In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. It is Feel Good Friday, October 7th. However, Halloween came early last night as the NFL tricked us into watching an absolute dud of a stinker of a Thursday night game. But me, Seth Wilcock, Nate Polvo, we're back here today to make the most out of it, make the most out of week five. Nate, how are vibes out there in Denver today? Are we staying Rocky Mountain high despite last night? It's always it's always sucks to have a bad game on Thursday night, but when it's your team playing that poorly, I rewatched the last four minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime this morning, and I just wanted to throw my headphones. In. But otherwise, I mean, it's cold and rainy, so there you go. Kind of a fitting after that crappy yeah. game last night. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I watch every NFL game I can, but there came a point last night, I had to turn it off for a point just because it was affecting my mental health so bad because, of course, I didn't start Russell Wilson in many places last week, trusted him here on Thursday night football against the Colts, a little banged up on defense there, didn't matter, I had to turn it off, I had to turn on some good vibes Halloween Town. Did catch the highlights, though, of the last couple plays there in regulation, last couple plays in overtime, and you're right, it was an absolute stinker fest, but there is some still some fantasy value to take away from it. We're going to talk about that today on the show, Nate. We're also going to do some start sits later on in the show, so anyone watching on the YouTube, if you guys are new here, drop some questions for us and start sit, trade advice questions, and we'll get to those with our guests here in a little while. We have Ryan Weiss coming on from Club Fantasy FFL and Football Guys. Really excited to talk with him, Nate. And then the legend, Bob Harris, football yes. diehard, is going to be joining us once again here on the podcast for some sure things, sleepers of the week. I'm fired up, Nate. Yeah, man, this is going to be a great show. We've got a long, long slate of football this weekend to be really excited about. Thursday night sucked. It's in the rearview mirror. It's time to move forward. Absolutely. I'm seeing some of our IBT family members here in the chat. What's up, Albert? Good to see you this afternoon, Mr. Scampers. Hey, guys. Hey to you, Mr. Scampers, as well. And then a question here from our guy, Ring Chasen. We're going to get to these questions as soon as we can. We do want to break down this Thursday night football slate for you. But before that, if you guys are new to this channel, Welcome to In Between Media. Here is where we combine feel-good lifestyle advice with our fantasy sports advice, whether that's fantasy football, fantasy NASCAR, or PGA and live tours. We got you covered here. Between here and our website, we have content coming out seven days a week, Nate, and we're continuing to grow this channel. So the easiest way you can support us here, hit that like button on this video if you enjoy it, and hit that subscribe button as well. It will let you know when we go live so you can uh, not miss a second of the action here. Nate, we're in week five, so we've got about 12 weeks left. Um, I'm I'm still fired up for all 12, though. Oh, yeah, it's football. Look, we spend all offseason just praying that it'll come faster. I'm enjoying every week. Me too. Um, So let's go ahead, Nate. Let's jump into the Thursday Night Football recap. One of the wildest games I've probably seen in primetime. Sloppy game, 12-9 final score. No touchdown scored in this one. And you got a feel for, like, your guy Kirk Herbstreet calling this one. Comes all the way out from his house, has a you know big, big weekend of college football ahead of him, and gets a stinker of a game. Broncos left so many points on the board, though, once again. Two red zone interceptions for Russ, a blocked field goal, going forward on fourth down and overtime. It kind of gave me Super Bowl flashbacks to, to when the Patriots sealed the deal at the end, end there instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Um, if you heard Richard Sherman at the end of the game, he was fired up because it's almost like he had post-traumatic stress syndrome from that as well. So uh, terrible to see that happen. Stephon Gilmore, he sealed the deal at the end. Russell Wilson missed our guy, KJ Hamler, wide open in the end zone. Wide and, open. And I think the thing here is, Nate, like at the end of the day, 
some of the Colts roles players stepped up in this one. Alec Pierce had a big night and as well as uh, Paris Campbell caught the balls when they mattered too. So at the end of the day, the, the Colts, the, their role players on offense stepped up. The Broncos did not, mostly Russell Wilson at his fault. Um, but how do we feel about Russell Wilson moving forward, Nate? We talked on Tuesday and we were feeling a little bit hopeful after that big performance. However, Russell can't cook. He was 21 of 39 last night, two interceptions, four of 22 on the ground, which was nice to see. Some of it's unlucky. Some of it was like some bad drops from Jerry Judy, some untimely drops by some tight ends. However, he still missed some wide open balls. And his, his ball placement has been awful. Absolutely. And, the two interceptions, who was he? Th- it looked like he was throwing to the defensive back. And do you think this is like a lack of chemistry with the receivers? Or do you think this is just maybe the arm strength isn't there, Nate? I think it's a lack of chemistry with the receivers coupled with what is Nathaniel Hackett doing with this play calling? It's just blowing my mind. And I don't think that they can get in rhythm with each other because everything's out of rhythm in this entire offense and the coaching staff. Um, And then Albert points out here next Thursday, bears versus commanders. At least there might be some excitement there. Um, We can hope (laughs) we're, we're about optimism here in between media. So we're going to continue that optimism. Um, but Russ is sketchy and it's like, how can you trust him when he's had two of five usable games here in fantasy and he's got the chargers coming up, which is a really good defense, the frisky New York jets and Jacksonville and a buy. So like realistically, I'm not trying to start Russell Wilson this next month. If you got to drop him, you can. Um, but I just don't know what other quarterback options there are right now. Like, I think if anything, Nate, what I've taken away from last night's game and these early weeks is like. I've always been a later quarterback guy trying to target people like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and, and Kirk Cousins. But now, like, I don't have any Josh Allen. I have a few share, share, shares of Jalen Hurts, and those teams are doing good. But outside of that, like, I'm really taking L's at this quarterback position, and it's hard to hard to overcome here, Nate. Well, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. That is for sure. You can't, I mean, Russell Wilson isn't startable. Russell Wilson is borderline droppable in most formats. Superflex is kind of hard to let him go because, I mean, now you're looking at quarterback 25 through 32 that you can possibly roster if there's even anyone available. I don't see this getting better. Where we had optimism on Tuesday that I thought, you know, let's just let them put it together. What we saw last night was a team that has no clue what they're doing from top to bottom. It's, it's a system issue, period. And what are they going to do about it? They're going to have to either fire Nathaniel Hackett or hire another assistant coach to help him get through this stuff and figure out what's going on. It's really, it's really a shame because we all had high. And I think that's the hardest thing about this is that as Broncos fans and as fantasy managers, we were drafting these Broncos players because we thought this was going to be a high octane offense. We were drafting Cortland Sutton high. We were high on Jerry Judy, obviously with Javante Williams. There's nothing you can do about that. But we were taking flyers on Melvin Gordon, Albert O, Greg Dulcich was even being taken in some drafts because we thought we were going to see him week two, week three. None of it has panned out. And now that we're five weeks into the season and a team that could not score a touchdown at home on Thursday night against a team that started the season with a tie against the Texans. What are we doing here? It's just, and it's with the draft capital that you got these guys at, it is painful to move off of them. But at it what is. point do you have to just say, you know what? It sucked. Whoops. I've got to move on. I'm going to go get Jamal Agnew. I, I think at the end of the day, Nate, Sutton is a mid-range wide receiver too. At least 11 PPR points for him in this one. And he's had that all, all season long. He's been consistent here, averaging 9.2 targets per game. I, I think you can feel somewhat comfortable with, with Sutton. Maybe there's not the upside we thought there once was, but he's still a safe option. Judy, and I will wear this because I was wrong about Jerry Judy. And he was one of my all-in selections. And the talent off the snap is undeniable. The guy runs phenomenal routes, but he misses easy catches. Sometimes it feels like he doesn't know the plays. Um, And right now, this is his third game in a row, Nate. Under 50% of a catch rate, missing some easy balls. So uh, really bummed to see that. But, you know, I I think at the end of the day, we we, got to hold tight here. Um, If you can move some of these guys, do it. But, But... you're probably not going to get much right now after that stinker on, on a primetime game. So hold, hope for better days ahead. Um, the backfield looked okay, though, Nate. Mike Boone, uh, 11.5 PPR points for him on 10 touches. Melvin Gordon saw 18 touches in this one. No fumbles, but 13.3 PPR points for him. So 
it wasn't bad. I think Mike Boone impressed a little bit with his efficiency. So maybe we see that come back to an even more even split. But Latavius Murray is going to be in this backfield too. So I I see it as like a 45-45-10 split between the three of them. That's probably what it's going to work out to be. I, I liked what we saw from Boone last night. I think maybe he'll get a little bit more work, but he's going to need Gordon to do something. Like fumble again or have like two fumbles in a game for him to have any bigger of a role than what we saw last night. I think that I think what we saw last night was pretty much his ceiling for this season, barring another injury in that running back room. We we uh, we have here in the chat from Craig. Uh, who who is the, the who has the better role next week or, or moving forward? Boone or Murray? I'm gonna say like Boone did enough. Like if Boone went out and had a sloppy game, maybe put the ball on the ground, wasn't efficient. Maybe Murray would take over more of this. But I still think. Boone has like some a, a, a little bit of a a little bit of upside moving forward. Still not a lot. Like I'm not excited to start any Denver Broncos after this. We've been saying it for three weeks now, Nate. But uh, you know, for if you got him off the waiver wire this week, I, I think you can be happy with Mike Boone. I think you can be happy with Boone too. But I do think that Murray may have a bigger role once he gets rolling in this offense, just because of the type of runner he is. He more replaces Javante Williams' skill set versus Boone. That's kind of sort of similar to Melvin Gordon, I guess. That makes sense. I think Murray fills a hole in this offense that they need filled. And I think he could be not bell cow, but he could be 15 carries a game. And he's probably easy, easy, easy on that. Easy. No, no, that. no. I'm not going to be easy. on I, it Because I think he will. And I think he's going to get the goal line work. I, if this team decides to start running the ball inside the 10, Murray's the type of guy who's going to score in that situation. Boone's a little bit slider. Melvin Gordon's hard to trust because he fumbles the ball. All right. All right. Well, I'm not as bullish on Latavius Murray. I think Mike Boone showed some explosiveness last night. I watched him back on tape and I was very impressed by the speed he showed off the line of scrimmage. I'm seeing a ton of questions coming in here, guys. Stay with us in just about three to four minutes. We're going to jump on with our guest and we're going to run through those. Want to just quickly talk about the Colts, though, here, Nate. They lost Naeem Hines in the first drive. I know a lot of people are bummed who started him. I had a couple parlays with him in there as well. So that was kind of a, a, a bummer to see that. No Jonathan Taylor. And it hurt Matt Ryan. He was one-dimensional, 16 for 41. I mean, just an awful completion percentage for him. 251 yards, two interceptions. Deion Jackson had a nice little day, though. 13.1 PPR points for him. Our guy, Philip Lindsay, was serviceable as well, Nate. But uh, I think it comes down to the receivers here. Michael Pittman, you can w- walk away from this one. You know, not being totally bummed. Five for fifty-nine on eight targets. But Alex Pierce, he's the he's the big deal here. Eight for eight of nine for eighty-one. Um, I think we need to keep expectations a little bit in check here, Nate, because at the end of the day, I don't expect Matt Ryan to drop back forty-one times a game moving forward with Jonathan Taylor back in here. So uh, I, I don't know. How do you feel about Alex Pierce, Michael Pittman after this one? It, it well, is a tough Bronco secondary. It is a tough Broncos secondary. I like it. I liked Alec Pierce before this game. I really like Alec Pierce now because Matt Ryan leaned on him at the end of that game yes, to get the ball down the field to get that field goal. He made some key catches in traffic. I think he's very talented, and I think his value remains eight and nine for eighty-one yards. I can see him getting nine to twelve targets a game, even with Jonathan Taylor back. Who I think it kind of hurts though is Michael Pittman. He hasn't been as efficient, and for some reason, Matt Ryan just can't get the ball to him effectively last night was better and week one obviously he played really well but I think it's going to be so inconsistent but I do like Alec Pierce I think he's a safe flex play probably rest of the season and I think at the end of the day for me Michael Pittman this was more about the Broncos secondary Ronald Darby is a phenomenal second quarter cornerback and uh Sertain is just fantastic out there as well so I'm not panicking if I have Pittman right now. I think there are better days ahead. Dustin in the chat saying he he loves Alec Pierce. Good to see that. Um, and he's asking us the question, who would we rather have, uh, Russell Wilson or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, of course, is Tennessee, Washington after week six at the Jags. So some good matchups on the horizon for him. But I'm still not super interested in this. The one piece of advice I think I can give our listeners today, Nate, is go out there and like scour that waiver wire for some of these injured quarterbacks. Dak Prescott could be out there. I spent some fab on Tua the other day because I have guys like Russell Wilson who aren't performing. So if Tua can make it back on the field this season, if he can make it back in a couple of weeks, he might have some uh, intriguing value. Um, but bottom line, it is a rough road ahead for either of these quarterbacks and both of these offenses, Nate. I mean, you're probably in a position where you have to play him. These guys aren't sitting on your bench. So yep. do what you can. I mean, if you can move off of them, if you find somebody that thinks there's going to be some sort of resurgence for either make a trade or like Seth, that's real smart. Look for guys like two and Dak who are injured that might've gotten dropped. 
Yep. You got to do what you can to pivot, man. It, it, it's tough out there. You can't just keep rolling out the same guys week after week and get disappointed. But, uh, Nate, let's go ahead and look forward here to week five, what's left ahead of this Sunday slate here in our matchup management section. Drop those questions. We'll be right back. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? We are going to tell you that right now. And to do that, we're going to bring in a very good friend of the show, a man who holds down the fort over there at Club Fantasy FFL and Football Guys. Please help us welcome in Ryan Weiss. What's up, Ryan? What's Ryan! Up, Nate, how are you guys doing today? You're, you're far too kind. I don't know how many forts I'm holding down, but I appreciate <laughs> it. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Trying to keep the vibes high. Last night was a, a pretty big stinker out there. It takes the the wind out of your sails when you get so pumped for the Thursday game and football to be back again after three days of no football, and then you get to watch kickers have tryouts for the entire game. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was tough, Ryan, but we do have a great Sunday slate ahead of us that we're oh, gonna yeah. go ahead and jump into right now. A um, couple questions here earlier in the chat. I'm gonna find those um, here from Ring Chasing. Who do we start, Jamal Williams or Damian Pierce? Waller and Njoku. Some ooh, so some very intriguing options here. Really, uh, really, I wish I had some of these options that I was choosing between Ryan. Where, where do you fare on this one? I, I think I'm going to lean Pierce. Um, I know it's not the best matchup against Jacksonville, but they've been giving up points to running backs, and I he's they're still keeping Rex Burkhead involved, but they clearly want to see what they have from Pierce, and it's not a slight against Jamal Williams, but I mean. What we saw last week, we were supposed to see out of him last week, and now we got to see if it can happen two weeks in a row when he tends to let down in the second game. So I'm going to see how that plays out. I was very big on Njoku last week. I am down on him this week. I think the Chargers are a team that can definitely slow him down. So I, I would go Darren Waller in this matchup in a game that should be high scoring in Kansas City. I, I found this out last year. Teams with great tight ends seem to struggle against great tight ends. It's a weird thing where like Baltimore, Kansas City, the Raiders, mm -hmm. we're all giving up a ton of points to, to opposing tight ends in fantasy last year. So I'm going to ride that on what I think is going to be the higher scoring of the two games, and I'm going to go Darren Waller. Okay. Okay. Nate, are, are you in an alliance with uh, with Ryan there? Yep. You said everything I would have said. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue it there. Um, I, I can't bench Darren Waller. I know he's been bad. Dave Njoku's been, been the better play lately, but I'm going to ride out Waller. I, I think you have two great options with Jamal Williams and Damian Pierce. Like, I, I don't think you can really be upset with either, either one of those. The Patriots, like, I could see Jamal getting maybe more run against the Patriots because it's going to be, you would think, a lower scoring game than we've seen against the Lions. But let's keep in mind, this defense is bottom in the league in points allowed and yards allowed. So maybe ba Bailey Zappi has a day, guys. Maybe Bailey Zappi's out there slinging the rock. I, I don't know. So uh, I, I think either way, you're going to be uh, very satisfied here, man. I like that team a lot. I think my biggest worry with the Patriots is what is their defense going to decide to do this game? We, we always give them all the credit for typically being able to take one thing away. And if Amon Ross St. Brown's out there, you assume – they're going to have to scheme to stop him on Ross St. Brown, which could lead to a Hawkinson game and a Williams game like we saw right. last week. But if Brown's out, I wonder that they don't just focus on the run. And that's kind of my worry there. So, Okay, fair enough. We have another question here from Lucius. Good, good to see you guys on. Do you prefer Aaron Jones or Brees Hall rest of season? Man, that's a really tough one there. Like I, I, I think it's still like Aaron Jones holds more value at this point. But I would definitely be willing to move Aaron Jones for like a Brees Hall and something else package at this point. I just like I think the Packers offense is fine, but I don't think it's the gunslinging offense we once once knew in Green Bay. So I think they're going to win on their defense. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a good amount of carries still, but I don't think the pass catching volumes is as high as some people thought coming into the season. Nate, how do you feel about this one? The same. I, I still would prefer Aaron Jones over Brees Hall, though I do love Brees Hall. You've You've convinced me of Brees Hall, Seth, and he's Jets. But I think Aaron Jones, it's really hard to take anybody over Aaron Jones who isn't a top five running back just because it's Aaron Jones. And he hasn't gotten the passing work we expected. Sure, he's been effective on the ground. I think some of that passing work is going to come, though. That's right? exactly my worry is that Brees Hall, we're already seeing it in the passing game, and that wasn't the script we were expecting coming into the season. We thought he was going to have to overcome Michael Carter, but apparently – 
overcoming Michael Carter takes exactly two to three quarters of the first game of the season. Um, yeah. My only worry with Brees Hall is we're still finding out what this offense is with Zach Wilson and what this offense is going to be for the rest of the season. Cause we got super excited last year with Michael Carter when the, uh, the backup Mike white threw two running backs like 40 times in one game. And so right. then we're like, Oh my God, this team's going to throw a running back so much. And then Zach Wilson comes back in and didn't. And so that's the concern is, is Brees Hall going to be able to keep this target volume? And so that's why I'm going to agree with both of you guys. Aaron Jones is safer, but I love what you said, Seth. I would have no issue moving Jones for Hall and another piece. This is not a trade I'm looking to make straight up. Um, or if you're looking, if you're looking to move, like you have both and you're looking to move one of them, Aaron Jones is going to command a better trade piece back anyway. So I, yes. I'm good with that as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, we'll talk a little bit more, I think, about this Jets backfield here later on the show. But I, I do like Michael Carter a little bit this week, too. I think he's a sneaky play. Um, we have the Joker, new face in the chat. What's up, Joker? Should I drop Corey Davis for Devin Duvernay? Full PPR for a bench stash. Nate, you and I have been harping on Duvernay since week one. The The targets aren't really awesome. It, he's a little bit touchdown dependent, but he is getting the looks in the red zone. He's been effective when called upon. And now there's an issue with Rashad Bateman's health. So I, I am absolutely okay with that. I, I think Duvernay has more upside than Corey Davis does at the end of the end of the day. Um, I think Corey Davis is still a very solid play rest of season as long as Zach Wilson's in there. But I do think Duvernay has more upside. So I'm fine with that if you want to pick up Duvernay, especially if you have Bateman. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about Duve and Davis? I'm not running to have either one on my roster, but I agree with you guys on Duvernay. Uh, one caveat I might throw in is if you get kick return touchdowns. Duvernay is infinitely more valuable than Corey Davis. Yes. Um, and it's funny. You said, you know, the, the targets aren't there, but the red zone work is what's funny is he's only like three targets behind Corey Davis. So the targets aren't there for Corey Davis either. Yeah. <laughs> so. Nate, Nate, you kind of in agreement with this one. We've kind of been, yeah. we've kind of been on this Devin Duvernay train yeah. a while. And like Devin Duvernay has a floor. Like, I think that's the thing. He has a decent floor that we've seen. And um, really, I don't see a huge difference between Duvernay and Rashad Bateman at this point, other than Rashad Bateman has a little more big playability, I think. I think Duvernay might be the better of the two, honestly. Okay, I'm not going to – I still think Rashad Bateman – I don't think that that's going to play out in fantasy. I just think Devin Duvernay is a little bit more talented of a receiver than Bateman. Lucy, I think I would go the other way around. I think Bateman might be a more talented receiver, but I think Duvernay is going to be the better fantasy option just because I think his game fits what Baltimore's going to – wants to do and just keep it nice and safe a little bit better. So. I, I I'm with you on that one, Ryan. I definitely, I, I've loved Rashad Bateman. I mean, I've, I've watched. Well, I'm, not, I'm not knocking Rashad Bateman. Just to be clear. I love Rashad Bateman. You just said Devin Duvernay is better than him. I don't know. That's that. I, think he's, I think he's, a, I think he's a little bit more talented. <laughs> That's kind of a knock. That doesn't make, can't they both be good guys? Come on. Uh, they can be okay, but Devin Duvernay, uh, I don't know. I've watched a lot of Rashad Bateman in my life going back to his Minnesota days, and I really liked him. Um, I think he's still a good receiver, but in this offense, yeah, I, I don't think it's a big difference. Yeah. So uh, go ahead, grab yourself Duvernay if you want off the waiver wire. Here we have Tyler. What's up, Tyler? Hope you're having a great Feel Good Friday day. Thanks for tuning in the show. Hope you subscribe. Just trade away Montgomery, Pierce, and Khalil Herbert for King Henry. My RBs are Saquon, Henry, Dylan, and Mitchell. Okay, so he's got a loaded backfield here. That's a lot, though. That's a lot for like like that. Let's not joke around, guys. Like that is basically. I mean, pick your shot with the Bears RBs. I don't really know what it's going to be when Montgomery comes back. Um, but Damian Pierce is pretty good. So I think you're trading like two RB twos for an RB one. So I don't mind it, but um, it, it's still a little scary. What, what do you think here, Ryan? He did one other thing, though, that we're not giving him credit for. He just freed up two roster spots. So yes. he can go out and grab a guy like Devin True. Duvernay and somebody else off of waivers. So you didn't just do that. You traded it for the two guys you're going to use those roster spots on. I love the trade regardless. Um, I agree with you. You're essentially trading two RB2s for an RB1. But way more importantly, you now have two RB1s, including right now the overall RB1. And then Mitchell should be back week seven, week eight, I would say, at the latest. So you have nice depth behind that. This is going to be a big uh, A.J. Dillon week, I think, as well. So um, I like what you did, but way more importantly is what you do with those two roster spots yes. to just completely dominate this trade. Yep. I love Consolidate, it. man. Consolidate. Nate, you're on board with that as well then, my yep. friend? Oh, yes. Awesome. We got Toronto Dave in the chat. Scour that waiver, baby. Yes, sir. Honest. There are always – good waiver wire pickups um i saw today some more like, like we do like our after waiver runs uh column and i saw a couple more out there today and like that's huge i mean 
I picked up a couple of players like like later this week. I, I found more success getting the leftovers that people did not pick up this week, or also the the people that people dropped as well. Like I got two in a couple of leagues that I was excited about. He got dropped. Um, a couple of like Craig Reynolds, like not sexy names, but guys who who are better than who was on my bench at this point. And that's one of my favorite articles that you guys put out. And one of my favorite pieces of advice is pay attention to who guys are dropping. Um, It's literally, I have way too much going on and I'm playing far too many leagues. So I'm a nerd and I have like a spreadsheet schedule of everything I need to do fantasy wise for the week. But one of my days is check free agency. And that's Wednesday after all the drops happen. I need to go and see who everybody dropped. I don't care who I did or didn't get in waivers. It is what it is. I'm far more concerned about who they dropped to get their waivers because people make bad decisions and you can capitalize on those bad decisions. Plus most people look at, you know, Wednesday is waiver day. Well, the players who are dropped nine times out of 10, either go to waivers or free agency. So you're getting first crack at those guys. And that's something definitely to pay attention to. Yeah. I, I, uh, I actually, I'm guilty of one of those people. Our waivers run, I think at, it starts at three 30. And then I think as the clocks roll back, it's four 30 later, but I'll, I'll actually set that alarm and I'll wake up yeah. early, early that morning, get them right off the waiver wire. I mean, that that's a little bit far, you know, you don't have to go that far. I don't think, but I don't, well, I've, to- I've done it for players where I thought it was in a completely bad drop by somebody. And I knew when they were going to clear waivers, I'm like, Nope, I'm going to be awake at this yeah. time and make sure I'm the one, the first one doing this. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure our girlfriends and wives don't really appreciate that Ryan, but we got to do what we got to do out here, man. The, the, the streets are tough out here. That's right. We'll take them to a nice dinner when we win the league. So. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, some more questions coming in here from Ronnie. What's up, Ronnie? Hope you're having a great feel good Friday. What's good fellas. Say I have a kicker, who or Myers. I I know the Falcons have a tough matchup. Oh man, Youngway Koo's been like so up or down this season. Like he had a he had a really really bad kick last week. Um, oh man, this one's tough. Ryan, do you have any lean on this one? I, I don't really like uh, either me, one of them. Let me quickly pop into my kicker rankings and see if I made any distinction between these two. I don't know. I'm probably leaning Youngway Koo just because of his history. Um. Plus, I, I'm I'm still not fully bought in on Seattle, and I wonder that – I don't know that they're a point scored. So, yeah, I have Koo far – I actually have Koo as my kicker five this week. So, okay. I think he's actually going to be fine in Tampa Bay. So. What are some of the other options, Ryan, that maybe at kicker that you're liking? Like, I've seen Chris Boswell dropped in a lot of leagues lately just because – So, that's what you're looking for. Uh, Cade yeah. York from the Browns, I think that's going to yep. be a very nice scoring game. You want to ke- always keep an eye on the weather in Cleveland whenever you're dealing with their Certainly. kickers. But if you're looking at guys from waivers uh, – Daniel Carlson's probably not available. Cade York for sure, though. Harrison Butker might actually be out there because of the injuries where people didn't want to keep him on their roster. Dustin Hopkins in that same game. You want to look for games that you think are going to be high scoring. Um, Those would be the guys I'm looking for. Brett Maher is out there in a ton of leagues, and I think people got very scared off of the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys, but they've scored points, and he's likely to lead to field goals, especially in this game against the Rams where they're going to have a, a little bit of trouble getting things going. So. I like that, man. Yeah, I, I was one of those scared off the Cowboys. They've showed up. Can we show for fan, or Toronto Dave here? PPR start two. Thank you, thank you. Cream Hunt, A.J. Dillon. He, know, he knows my A.J. Dillon bias, calling that out. I appreciate that. D.J. <laughs> Moore, Khalil Herbert. Much love always. We appreciate you, Toronto Dave. Um, one thing, I'll also point out my D.J. Moore bias. I also have a bad D.J. Moore's anti-bias. So uh, I'm never going to say DJ Moore. Oh, okay. I was like, like, I don't know if that's the pick this week, Seth, but now I get it. So. I, yeah, no, thank you. I, I would not. I would rather I would rather do a lot of things than uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys need any post, Doug. You need someone to crawl in your crawl spaces, do some stuff under. I'll do a lot of things to get out of starting DJ Moore this week. Um, man, this is a tough one. This is a really tough one because I, li- I like all those other options. Like I don't hate yeah. any of those. Nate, do you have a, a strong lean one way or the other here? I'm probably going to say Dylan and Herbert. I feel like Herbert's a guy you have to fire up as long as David Montgomery's out. Even if David Montgomery isn't out, I think he's a talented back. I think he's the RB1 in that offense. I'm saying that because I said it week two and I need it to be true, please. Plus, A.J. Dillon, I just like A.J. Dillon. I think Hunt's so boomer bust. It's hard to really have a lot of faith in him when you have other options. And DJ Moore is in a bad situation in Carolina, and he is not panning out to be the receiver a lot of people thought he was going to be. I can't ever start him. He is who I thought he was going to be. I'm just going to say I mean, he is who I thought he was going to be, too. But but there were a lot of other people that did not think he was going to be. Yeah. He was going to be. I think I agree with Nate here, though, guys, because, like, 
I do I do also like Kareem Hunt a little bit this week because he is playing the Chargers, so I think maybe the Browns have to toss a little more to him. But I think the upside is much more with the other two plays. Ryan, how do you feel? Agree completely. I was just going to down-talk Kareem Hunt a little bit. While the Chargers give up a ton of points, it's also assuming rational coaching from the Browns. Yeah. We just haven't really seen that. Kareem Hunt only has five more targets than Nick Chubb. That's certainly not what we expected through four games. And then I was getting on the Browns for their red zone usage last week where Nick Chubb saw zero touches in the red zone and Kareem Hunt saw the lone carry in the red zone. I think you maybe see a course correction where the Browns realize they screwed up and you're going to see a lot more Nick Chubb in the red zone. But the question is, the, the the Chargers are allowing a ton of rece- receptions, seven for like 55 to running backs in the passing game. Is that going to go to Hunt? And there's no way to accurately predict that. Whereas right. Dylan and Herbert and Nate, you hit it on the head. I wasn't sure if you were going to add it. I'm playing Khalil Herbert even if David Montgomery yeah. plays this game because it's not going to be a 15 to 20 carry David Montgomery game at worst it's a 50-50 split, and we're probably looking at 60-40 Khalil Herbert's side. So. And Herbert's been so much more efficient with his So much more too. efficient. Yep. Okay. But yeah, DJ Moore is a flat-out, cannot-touch-your-roster until you see two good games. Don't get excited after one. You need two good games in a row for DJ Moore to see your starting lineup. And I know Seth's not doing that anyway, but I mean, I would, I don't have him anywhere. I haven't for a couple of years now, but I would say like, if he does have one or two of those good games, get out of him as soon as you can. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. We, we've talked a little bit this week and last week, this is a sinking ship in Carolina. I'm moving forward Bad. as quickly as I can. Toronto Dave in the chat says, what a girlfriend. Absolutely, man. Uh, we yeah. pray all, all the, all the women who support the guys on this show right now. I know they put up with a lot. We're up late some of these times. We're up early getting the getting the waivers, so we appreciate that. Uh, Troy Olson in the chat. Hello, hey Troy, what's up, man? Hope you're having a good Friday afternoon. Appreciate you joining in on with us. Um, let's see, Ronnie, thank you. Appreciate that, man. And then just a lot of a lot of DJ, a lot of DJ Moore hate here from Dustin. Yeah. Boy, that DJ Moore hate <laughs> is strong here from Troy. Hey, man, we gotta do what we gotta do here. Um, it's not let's be very clear and i i don't know how much this is for i don't want to speak for you two it's a baker mayfield hate for me it's just not happening dj moore was always i and i i was guilty of it i got too excited with baker i moved him up to a back-end wide receiver one when he's never done that in his career yeah Yeah, very very bad mistake he's a middling wide receiver too dj moore and, and most people get mad when i say this but dj moore and terry mclaurin are are wide receiver twos and if you can just be happy with that that's what you're gonna get and i don't mean this season for dj moore because of the baker mayfield issue when i redid like my base projections the projections i start every week with baker mayfield is my qb 32 like straight up i want nothing to do with him worst yeah. starting quarterback that i will start with my base rankings right now it's awful there well, I think part of it is just it's just a scheme and, and it's what Matt Rule's doing. Like Dan Orvlosky called him out a couple of weeks ago on NFL Live saying that he's sh- like giving tells on whether it's a run or a pass play yeah, uh, g- given where CMC is. So super disappointing. Um, Matt Rule, he's a state college native. So you always got a place here in state college, buddy. Come on back. Um, we can <laughs> hook you up with a job here at IBT if you need it. Well, let's not forget Ben McAdoo is there as well, and that he's was, certainly that's... part of the problem. <laughs> ben McAdoo, also, funny story about Ben McAdoo. Actually, he is uh, – I, I worked with a guy related to Ben McAdoo. He was from my college town, Indiana, Pennsylvania. So oh. the the western central Pennsylvania roots, they, they tie deep to the Panthers, and I apologize about everything. They're well, doing I was going to say, Panthers. so you're telling me if I need to run an offense, stay <laughs> far away from anybody who's associated with you. So. <laughs> yes, that is – that's approximately what I am saying. Um, here we got a question from Swavy JP. What's up, Swavy? Hope you're having an awesome feel-good Friday. Who would you rather have rest of season? Alvin Kamara, Jalen Waddle, DeAndre Hopkins, or T. Higgins, AJ Dillon, or Brees Hall? Okay, so okay, wow. A lot of I was so confused by this question because I thought we had to choose between Kamara and Waddle, and I was right. like, oh goodness, no. <laughs> Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I just had yeah. to look at that a couple times. So it's the package of Kamara, Waddle, and Hopkins for Higgins, Dylan, and Brees Hall. Man, that's really tough. Oh, man. That is. It's actually not that tough. So okay. That's... Go ahead. Go ahead, Nate. What do you got? Okay. For look, we don't know what DeAndre Hopkins is going to be when he comes back. He's going to be good, but that's also a loaded wide receiver crew that they've got in Arizona, and they're all making connections with Kyler Murray while Hopkins is suspended for being an idiot. Yeah. I love Jalen Waddle, but there's also Tyreek Hill. 
we don't know. There could be weeks where he just doesn't go off. And then Alvin Kamara's injuries, plus he's looked kind of like Ezekiel Elliott this season. He's not as fast as he once was. He's not getting the usage that he got with Drew Brees. But on the reverse side, you've got T. Higgins, who is basically the second wide receiver one in that offense. And this week they're going up against a team that cannot stop wide receivers. A.J. Dillon is A.J. Dillon, as we talked about, and Brees Hall is Brees Hall, like we talked about. The upside on the Higgins-Dillon-Hall, it, like it's just – that's smash. That's the side I would want. It's not even a question. Yep. How do you feel, Ryan? Uh, word for word. Um, the way I broke it down in my head is Higgins to Waddle or an app comparison to me. Yes. I prefer the Higgins side. So that starts it off. Camara obviously has the name and has the five to six touchdown ability. But if I'm just looking at Camara Hopkins for Dylan Hall, I'm taking Dylan Hall every time. Plus I'm a running back guy. I, I hoard running backs. And so give me this side with more running backs if they're good. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you guys on this one after you broke it down. And, like, I think at one point I would have preferred Waddle over Higgins. But with the Tua injury, some of the unknowns there, I I think I do trust Higgins a little more moving forward. And I absolutely do agree. Dylan and Brees Hall together is well worth Kamara and Hopkins. I love, love like, Brees Hall's outlook right now. Like, he's a little dinged up right now, so I'm not expecting a huge outburst. But how many rookie running backs come out and have, like, four straight 10 PPR point, at least game yeah. starting off. You know, it's been impressive. I, th- I think we're also putting too much stock in this Arizona offense because let's be uh, Hopkins yeah. wasn't good. Great in this offense last year and the offense itself hasn't looked great this right. year. And so I, d- I yeah. don't know that that we're super excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm putting offers out for Deandre Hopkins and leagues just for some wait and see options, but I'm certainly not paying anything like this for him. So yeah. And, and, and who is like actively trying to trade for Alvin Kamara right now? Like, obviously it is a buy low opportunity. He saw 20 plus touches the last time he was out there. But it's still a lot of unknown in the Saints offense. And, I mean, we've seen Taysom Hill, like, sneak out a couple touchdowns, even with Kamara on the field. So it's a very risky play. If you, like, like gambling, if you like going to Vegas and playing the blackjack tables, go out and get Alvin Kamara. But I don't think I have the stomach for that, especially after what I've had to deal with Russell Wilson, Marcus Mariota these last couple weeks. They put me through hell and back, my favorite. I will say if you're selling Kamara – I think he pops big this week. I just have this feeling against Seattle. We just saw what Jamal Williams did to them. And then they're saying he looks like himself in practice. You only see quotes like that if they plan on doing something with him. Like they don't, they wouldn't have just brought up that. I mean, obviously he's coming off the injury and the late, late, late scratch in the London game, which was just almost dirty last week. But yeah. uh, Oh yeah. But uh, I, they're saying he looks like himself, and this is a defense for him to run on. So if you're a, in a manager in the position to sell Kamara, wait a week because his value is going to be a lot more next Wednesday. Very solid. Yeah. I, Ryan, that's great advice there, man. We always appreciate uh, appreciate your great advice here. Um, we have Troy in the chat saying, what did North Carolina do to get Pennsylvania to dump on them so hard with these coaches? <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I'm sure Ben McAdoo. I'm sure our boy Matt Roll. I mean, they're from PA, so I'm sure they're great guys, but uh, just not performing there for fantasy managers. Yeah, um, okay. Ryan, why don't you tell us uh, one more time where we can find your work throughout the rest of the season as yeah. we uh, head into our next segment here? Yeah, most of my article work is done with Club Fantasy during the season. With football guys, I do most of my work in the offseason, but I am a part of some of the roundtables and I'm a part of their DFS rankings over there. But my written work, you're going to find at Club Fantasy FFL. If you're following me on Twitter at The Fantasy Five, you're going to see all of my work. Um, you guys just did a great article for what I would much rather promote, and that is a great friend of ours, Faith Enos. Um, took it pretty hard from Hurricane Ian. She has a GoFundMe out there. So if any of you guys have won money and you're looking for a great place to donate, you can find a great article written by Seth. If you go check out my streams of the week, my entire intro paragraph is also about it. So if you're in the position to help somebody, Faith would be a great person for you to help and just know that it is all very appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. I just dropped that GoFundMe uh, link down there in the uh, in the ticker there. So if you guys are in the position to donate, please do so. And if not, like check out that column, just like I think it was a good, like, it was a it was good, awesome. thank you. I appreciate that. And like, I, I think it was really just faith story was a good one that reminded me that while we love fantasy football, we love winning championships at the end of the day, there's so much more important stuff out there, man. And I think faith would tell you, and I hope she watches this because I've already been giving her a hard time about it. I think faith would tell you that the best part about the article is that I was prominent in the picture you guys decided <laughs> to use from 
from Canton. So uh, I, I told Faith, when Faith told me she was working with you guys, I said, make sure they understand how important I am. And she's like, of course. And well, she's that's like, why we had you on the show today, man. Well, and, well, the joke was, she was like, I'll make sure you know they you were my rock through this. And I was like, oh, I meant to the whole universe, not just your thing. But if that, if I have to settle for that. <laughs> well, there we go. Guys, follow Ryan. Go over to Club Fantasy FFL. Check out their content. Ryan, we appreciate you joining us today, man. Take care. Love it. Absolutely. You guys have fun with Bob. Thank you. Take care. All right, Nate, let's go ahead and jump into Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. All right, this is your thing, sleepers of the week. Nate, we've been uh, we've been having a good time with this. Last week, you were just a, a point one point away from hitting the mark with with uh, with your play there. I, of course, didn't come through, but uh, I think we're going to turn it around today with a very special guest. An absolute goat of the fantasy industry. One of the overall legends. This guy has been putting out fantasy football advice well before the internet was a thing. And he continues to do it today over there at Football Die Hard. Let's give it up for Bob Harris. What's up, Bob? Hey, it's amazing. Bob. How get, amazing how long you can get away with giving lousy advice. So let's go. Let's keep, <laughs> keep my role going. Bob, I love the shirt. Yes. One of my favorite, favorite bands. They are fantastic. Uh, what do you feel about the uh, reunion, the, 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 the tour? With Charlie Venante and uh, Zach Wild. Look, they're both great musicians. They are not Dimebag and they are not Vinny. And Pantera is nothing without Dimebag and Vinny. It's a tribute. I'm taking it for what it is. I mean, I know Zach a little bit and I know his relationship with, uh, with, uh, with dime was very strong. Like everyone loved dime and yes. And like, it, it was it, like Charlie's super talented drummer. It's totally interesting style, a little more swing to, his playing than you know the, the kind of the anthrax style that charlie's used to. but charlie can play anything man yep. if you've watched him like you watched his home recordings i mean he's playing rush he's i mean he's he'll play anything so i'm excited about it i you know i'm i'm like past the emotional part where yeah it's not pantera ah if they want to do it go ahead fair point and they come through denver i'm gonna go see him hell yeah there you go. There we go. I, I don't know a lot about Pantera, I'll be honest, boys, but whenever I go to my barber, that he always has Pantera going. So uh, I got a little bit of love for it. Me too. It's in the shower. I just... <laughs> Pantera <laughs> blaring in my ear. There we go. Bob, how are you doing today, man? Um, I know it was kind of a stinker of a Thursday night football game, but we do have an exciting... Kind assessment. How are the vibes flowing as we head into this uh, beautiful week five weekend? Like the vibes are always great heading the weekend. We're getting all the inf- injury information we need coming in today, or at least the bulk of it, and know what kind of options we'll need ha- to have and fallbacks and pivots available to us uh, going in. Some of them might be sleepers. I don't know. There you go. Well, Bob, why don't you start us out here today, man, with your sure thing sleeper for week five? So I think, I, you know, like I wanted, don't want to take the low-hanging fruit. Like Curtis Samuel is the answer to every question anyone asks me the yes. wide receiver with the third most touches in the NFL right now. Think about that, people. This is wow. not an accident. They're doing it for a reason. But I'll go off that and uh, and uh, because I think he's not a sleeper anymore. He's in the top 10 at his position. So, um, And Romeo Dubs I'll, I'll avoid as well, uh, even though I love him dearly. And he's starting to make my Alan Lazard as wide receiver one in Green Bay pick uh, look stupid. But he's not stupid, but a little tenuous with each yeah. guy Zach Wilson is my is my Huckleberry here. Uh, I'm going to go with him. Look, got the weapons, played reasonably well last week, but he's got great weapons. This week's matchup, the Dolphins are incredibly tough against the Rome. We think this is a tough defense. It's not so tough against the pass, even with Xavier Howard. So you've got guys like Corey Davis, who has been kind of a go-to for Zach Wilson. We saw it again last week with the touchdown. I think the Brees Hall is coming on and providing a strong rushing attack. And uh, the other weapons in the passing game are pretty strong too. Garrett Wilson, for sure. And, and like, we'll see if Elijah Moore can come around. I mean, he was the guy that Zach Wilson looked to a lot last year. Also don't overlook Tyler Conklin, another top 10 asset at his position. So love Zach Wilson this week. Uh, as much as I can love any sleeper quarterback. Bob, you come in here first time doing sure thing sleepers of the week. You give me one of my frisky jets, man. I've been all over the frisky (laughs) jets all off season, all early beginning of this season. I love it, man. I mean, Zach Wilson showed a little bit of grit. It wasn't a beautiful, beautiful first performance back, but at the end of the day, he got the job done. And like, I saw growth in him as a passer from last year. And I think that's the biggest thing I wanted to see out of him. 
Yeah, I don't know if it'll ever be pretty, right, mate? I mean, you know, well, he's a pretty guy, but uh, yeah. beyond that, beyond the handsome looks he, that he brings to the table, uh, it's not going to be pretty. Well, I think I have a thing with BYU quarterbacks because they, uh, I mean, outside of Steve Young, when has one panned out? Personally, I got bitten by Coy Detmer. Jim McMahon will come slap Jim, you. Well, okay, Jim McMahon. Yes. But I, I did see, Seth, to your point, we, we did see some growth last week. He looked a little bit better. And this matchup against Miami, to Bob's point, they've been great against the run, but they haven't been super great as a secondary against wide receivers. I think this is a sneaky play. I mean, quarterback has been such a weird position in fantasy this year. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, Bob, I will take your Zach Wilson. I will raise it to my Michael Carter. And I will start off by saying I've been firmly in the Brees Hall camp since day one this year. Reese has looked really good. He got 23 touches last week to Michael Carter's 12. Michael Carter did see a season low, 44% snap share last week. However, I think this is a really good spot for Michael Carter. And Bob, you kind of touched on that Dolphins defense and that maybe it was a little hyped up. I think even their, their rushing defense is a little hyped up right now. I mean, they faced the Ravens with no J.K. Dobbins. So you had the, 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 the ghost in the backfield that they have there. You had Joe Mixon, who's Mr. Inefficiency this year. And they had the Patriots backfield when uh, Ty Montgomery saw him was 40% of snaps. So I'm not buying into this Dolphins defense being super great up front, stopping the run. And I think with uh, we don't really know what's going on with Brees Hall. We know he's questionable. We've heard nicks and bruises this week from Robert Sala there. But it's kind of like a general quote about a lot of players. So with, with Brees seeing so much action last week, I think they make it more of a closer to a 50-50 split this week. And I mean, we saw it. it was a very inflated game from the Bills. They had over 90 snaps, but Devin Singletary, James Cook took these guys to the bank through the air. So I'm thinking maybe Carter has some sneaky upside here in week five as well. I feel like you can be the heartbeat of that offense from the sidelines, said my Brees Hall shares. <laughs> yeah. Carter Michael Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I, get it. I like this call. I will see what happens, but I think Michael Carter. I mean, I've liked Michael Carter. I like Michael Carter heading into the season. I liked Michael Carter when they drafted Brees Hall. He's a talented running back, and that doesn't just go away. And to your point, Seth, they used Brees Hall so much last week. I think that they need to get more towards the middle again with these two backs. And this Miami game is a really good place to do it. Plus, Carter's rushing or passing upside, coupled with Brees' receiving upside. I think this is a good week for this Jets offense in general. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a spot where you're missing Dave Montgomery, you're missing Swift, you don't have one of their handcuffs, and you need an RB2, low end, like low end RB2, a flex play. I think that's Michael Carter. Like, I'm not expecting huge upside, but I think he can get to double digit fantasy points here. He did two times starting off the year. So, uh, some rare Michael Carter love on the show today, guys. Um, Nate, why don't you round us out here with your sure thing sleeper of the week? Well, I'm going to get us away from the Jets because we have Thank talked you. about way too many New York Jets players today for my liking. I'm going to go with Juwan Johnson, tight end in New Orleans. Ooh. That receiving core is dinged up. Michael Thomas isn't going to play. We don't quite know what Jarvis Landry's status is. He's probably going to play. Is he going to be 100% though? We don't know. We don't know about Alvin Kamara either. Again, likely he's playing, but he seems to be a little bit banged up. We'll see what his usage is going to be. And we're probably going to have Andy Dalton again. So it doesn't sound like Winston's playing this week. All of that kind of leads me to Juwan Johnson over Adam Troutman specifically because he splits his snaps pretty much in between inline and slot. Adam Troutman is an inline tight end who's a better blocker than Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson is probably going to get some work in this game. Tight end is an ugly position in fantasy football. We all know it. If you didn't get Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, you're probably shifting options every week because no one's been super reliable. This is a week to go get Juwan Johnson. He's only 1.5% rostered in ESPN leagues. Nobody's been reliable. I'm not going to stand for this Will Disley slander. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I like Will. I actually talked about Will Disley last week because I really do like Will Disley as well. It's just you got to go after some of these guys that nobody was talking about that are starting to show value in fantasy because a lot of us have guys like Noah Fant and Albert mm, right. Bonham that have done absolutely nothing. I've been talking about this all week. We've got to like be ready to share. Like, you know, we always say player studs. Well, you don't know who your studs are in September. We would absolutely. have presumed Kyle Pitts was our studs. And it turns out it was Tyler Conklin, right? So, or, you know, like there's a handful of tight ends right now. Tyler Higby will we'll throw in there as well. I mean, guys that are just, just turning up. And at some point you've got to be willing to uh, move past the FOMO. You're, you might miss out on a breakout game for somebody you invested heavily in. But if you're losing all those games because that player is not producing, 
that player is not your stud. Let your studs define themselves early in the season, then hope for normalization as we go on. I love that. That's great advice there, Bob. And, you know, I, I will come to bat for, for Nate's Jawan Johnson call. Like when you first, when I first saw this last night, when you submitted it in the column, Nate, I, I was a little surprised because I said, Jawan Johnson, I looked at the targets, like he, he's seen some targets. And like, I think the thing though, is the Seattle Seahawks defense, they're dead last against tight ends. And part of that is Hawkinson's huge day last week, definitely inflates that figure quite a bit, but Alberto Ross Dwelly, Kyle Pitts, you pointed out in the column, Nate, they all had their season best days against the Seattle Seahawks defense. You know, I, I think it can be exploitable. So uh, I like this call here, man. I, I think if you're playing in like a Scott Fishbowl or one of those with like some deeper rosters, maybe you need a second tight end option. I, I don't I don't mind it at all, Nate. I, I like I like the call here. Well, I think if you're streaming tight ends, which I know I have like eight leagues that I have to do that in right now. Yeah, this is a good option. He's a guy you can pick up. If it doesn't work out, you drop him and move yep. on. Awesome. Bob, what are you up to the rest of the weekend, my friend? Any big plans with the family or anything? Uh, what? It's football season. The big plans <laughs> with the family come in February after the Super Bowl, of course. Um, no, lots of football going on, lots of coverage of the football, lots of uh, time on the radio, the usual kind of things during football season, showing up in places like this um, and having a good old time. I love loved this time of year. It's football October, which yes, is followed is. by football ember and then the other football ember. So, I mean, it's football. Woggle. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. We got a nice college slate brewing up tomorrow as well. And then we'll get into the pro stuff on Sunday. Super excited to see how it plays out here, guys. If you have any more questions for us, feel free to drop them in the comments of the show. Nate and I will work on them over the weekend for you. You can also find us on Twitter and our DMs. Bob, why don't you tell us, uh, our listeners and our viewers today where they can find your work for the rest of the football season. I know you've been busy over there holding it down on Sirius, my friend. Yeah, Sirius, you can catch me Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, 10 p.m., uh, the three weeknights, 8 p.m. We're on NFL radio as well, so it's simulcast on Saturday nights, three hours, 8 to 11. Sunday, the pregame show on the Fantasy Channel with Jeff Manns. Always a good time. You can catch me at uh, footballdiehards.com. It's where you find all my work. I do a couple of live streams each week at the Football Diehards YouTube channel. That's always a good time. Feel free to join me there, and we will have a really good time. Awesome. Well, Bob, we had a really good time having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, everyone who tuned in live over on the YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And we'll be back here on Sunday, Connor and I, with our DFS slate breakdown. Take care, everyone. Have a great rest of your week and keep it in between until week six. Thank you. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 